Welcome to the JD Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power, and joining me today are Michael Taylor and uh, Jenny uh, Corwin from also from JD Power. Uh, Michael and um, and Jenny, uh, welcome to today's podcast. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Hey, so so Michael and and Jenny, what we thought we would do today, since it's the last podcast of the year, I uh, thought maybe we could recap 2018. And then provide an outlook for 2019. So let's start with 2018. Yeah, you know, from your point of view, what was the biggest story in the travel industry in 2018? Uh, so, Mike, do you want to take that one first? Sure. And when I was looking at these and reviewing things that had happened during the past year, I came up with the three Bs, which were boarding, basic economy, and biometrics. And so, just to kind of give you an over my decision process here. You know, some of the big stories we got um, uh, to look at this year as far as the travel industry goes were boarding procedures. One of them was boarding procedures at the airlines because they have so many people, you know, on the aircraft, their load factors, the percentage of people or percentage of seats that are filled on the aircraft are getting so large that boarding is becoming a real uh, issue for everyone. And of course, they're trying to keep their high mileage, uh, high loyalty, uh, frequent travelers happier while trying to get everybody on the aircraft to get operations underway so they can get off on, onto the taxiway and onto the, the uh, uh, runway. And then the basic economy, which is basically the um, you know, low-cost alternatives that the traditional airlines have begun offering, which are basically stripping away all those things they could possibly charge for, the bag fees, the over, you know, charging for an overhead bag storage, uh, picking your own seat, but basically disaggregating the ticket price so that they know how you shop and that you look at the lowest price and click on that one when you're traveling from O'Hare to Los Angeles. Um, and that, make, that drives your first decision. So they grab you there, and then if you want to add service fees, services later on, you have to do it on, a, on an a la carte basis. And the last one is biometrics, which are coming to both the airlines and to the airport itself. And the winner for me was biometrics, uh, not only because it's really a vision of the future. You know, it's very much a science fiction thing. I remember some Arnold Schwarzenegger film where everybody walked past a screen and it took a uh, X-ray of them as they walked past. And they, you know, they didn't, they never even slowed down to go through security, except when uh, Arnold had a gun on him or something like that. And then it, all heck broke loose. Uh, but that is coming to a terminal near you in the near future. It's already underway. Uh, you know, Delta is experimenting at, with it uh, and has experimented with it at uh, Washington Reagan. Um, they're going to do, be uh, doing a really large scale rollout in Atlanta in Terminal F. Uh, they tested the bag drop, um, uh, you know, checking in a bag, which is probably the the piece of the puzzle that has is fraught with the most security con concerns. Is what are people doing? Can we match that person with the bag? Make sure they actually get on the plane before the plane takes off, uh, for obvious reasons. And so they're going to be doing that in Terminal F with international passengers to start, but it's soon going to roll to everybody. And this is going to take away what we found in the JD Power research to be one of those things that is the most impactful on customer satisfaction, which is waiting on other people to finish the process, you know, to get identification, get identified, you know, to present their credentials for traveling, to uh, get their seat assignment, and even get you know on the plane uh, in the uh, class in which they're supposed to get on. So to me, the the, you know, the biggest uh, story in twenty. 18 was the uh, just the toehold that biometrics has now with the airports and with the airlines. 
Thanks, Mike. Uh, the three Bs. That's great. Uh, Jenny, um, from your point of view, what was the biggest travel industry story for 2018? Yeah, I, I think I, I think what Mike said is great, and I think that really applies to the airline and, and the air traffic industry. And I think from the hospitality perspective, which is a little bit more high, generally I'm approaching it, is uh, personalization and the rise of the experience, right? So um, we keep hearing... I, I don't know how many stories I read this year that really mentioned how much the focus is much more on the experience, the journey, not the destination, the impact that you leave on the destination and the destination leaves on you when you're there, um, and, and the focus on personalization and really creating memorable experiences. So I think that's a huge focus within the hospitality industry throughout 2018, and I expect to see that continue throughout 2019, too. All right. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, let's just um, put a little twist on this and make it a little fun. Uh, what was your favorite story for the travel industry for 2018? Uh, Jenny, do you want to start with this one? Then we'll go to Mike. Sure. I, I think my favorite story, honestly, it's not a really interesting one, but it just appeals to me because I'm a bit of a data junkie, is, is watching what's happened with the Marriott and Starwood merger. So... I've just been really engrossed in seeing what's going on there. And I think it's very interesting to see um, this huge hotel giant now, right, with 32 different brands. And they've got different customer bases and seeing how they're really going to to make this work and, and culminating this year with the merging of their loyalty program. So um, that's been a really interesting story for me to follow. So it has been um, one of my favorites of the year. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, Mike, uh, what was your favorite story for you, Tim? Well, I think I've mentioned, or at least people have heard me speak uh, often enough, uh, know that my wife is quite the dog lover. Uh, she's not only a physician, but she's a certified dog trainer. Um, so the, the my favorite stories as a group of stories were all the stories about service animals and the issues on the airport. And not necessarily because I'm wanting to read about nice, fuzzy animals making everybody happy, even though they have, you know, comfort animals at the airport to uh, interact with passengers, which is a great thing. Uh, and we, we reported, I think, earlier in one of these podcasts about all the strange, uh, you know, the, the, the pig that greets uh, passengers at uh, San Francisco airport. But the, the issue and how airlines and airports are dealing with the issue of people who have shall we say, sketchy credentials as far as the service animals they want to bring on board. And not only that, the behavior <laughs> that they allow the animal to, animals to have in flight and also in the airport itself. And it's made for a very interesting customer service conundrum uh, for both the airport and the airline. How do you tell someone respectfully, I'm sorry, but we can't accept your animal on this, no matter what kind of documentation you might have. And how the airport and the airlines interact with those people and how they're kind of skating a fine line. So I read with great interest because I'm, for me, you know, Jenny may be our data junkie. I'm kind of sort of the human nature, human behavior. Uh, that's the thing that fascinates me most about the working with JD Power Data is what does, what's the human behavior behind that change? And so how does one deal with people who are, A, either trying to get their animal, you know, to uh, get on board in a less than uh, kosher fashion, let's say, or, uh, you know, if they really do have a problem, they really do uh, have, to have a need for a service animal or a comfort animal uh, when they're traveling, uh, how, does the, how does the airline deal with that? It becomes very much a people issue. 
And what I liked reading about was how this became, this comes down to a one-to-one relationship. Rather than processing a bunch of people onto an aircraft or, or through an airport, it really becomes how does one communicate your position and then defend uh, you know, the, your other fellow passengers from some of the abuses that have been hap- you know, happening over the past year or two with service animals. So that was my favorite. Those were my favorite stories for the year. Yeah, thanks. Mike. I, I think I have to agree with you. I think at one point at LAX, there were more animals than people in the, uh, the terminal. Uh, so let's switch gears here. Let's 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 go to 2019 and, and predictions. Uh, so let's start with this one. Who are the likely winners in 2019 in the in the travel industry? Uh, so, Mike, do you want to start first and then we'll go to Jenny? Sure. Actually, the I think the, uh, the the winners I think that are coming up in the in 2019 will be what we term right now traditional airlines, uh, simply because they've had they take a little time to react to the market, and they've uh, been under assault from what's currently known as low cost airlines such as JetBlue and Southwest. Um, but there's becoming more and more parity. We've seen the convergence of all the data as far as satisfaction goes with t- traditional versus low cost carriers. And I believe the, the traditional carriers are now finally in that position where they can bring enough equipment on board with brand new aircraft. We see that with the um, 737 MAX and how passengers like that aircraft. Um, some of the uh, Airbus A350s, which have a new uh, air recirculation system that keeps the humidity higher. And uh, you, don't ha- you, you don't have to have as, uh, you can pressurize the cabin a little bit more or a little bit more uh, comfortably for the passengers and has memory foam seating and larger in-back screens. So I think that they are going to be able to leverage, finally bring their leverage to bear on the marketplace and make some really significant gains in 2019 versus the low-cost carriers. Thanks, Mike. Jenny, uh, who do you see as the likely winners for 19 in travel? Um, Yeah, I think the consumers. I really think consumers who are willing to embrace technology. Uh, I think... We see a lot of travel companies who are doing a lot of interesting things with their mobile apps and in the digital landscape um, that go that speak to personalization and making the experience what you want. And so I've always spoken about how informed guests at hotels are better guests, but I feel it's the same across the travel landscape. Uh, informed passengers are better passengers. They have a more pleasant experience. And so I, I think the more that we see passengers embracing the technology that's become available to us, uh, whether it's something at the airport, the biometrics that are helping you to expedite your process, um, or if it's you know the hotel app that has incorporated uh, local guide information, so that way you can really make the most of your experience, uh, those are the people that are really going to win travel and, and make the most of their experience in 2019. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Um, so on the other side of the coin, who has the biggest challenges in front of them in 2019 in travel? Uh, Jenny, do you want to start and then we'll go to Mike? Sure. So I, I think I want to combine my answer to this one in the next question, <laughs> which is the biggest challenge and the biggest story is going to be what are Amazon and what is Google doing? So those, those challenges could be challenges to OTAs. Um, I think they're going to be challenges to hoteliers. I think they could be challenges to, to even um, airlines if, if if that's where the booking direction may go for Amazon or for Google. Um, so I, I think the industry needs to anticipate and adapt to what's going on there, um, particularly learning from the loyalty models that Amazon has. Um, you know, they have a way of driving just irrational commitment and loyalty. So if 
if those Prime members are ready to sign up for Amazon Prime travel, if that's what happens in 2019. Um, I, I think that is going to be a big challenge uh, in terms of maintaining your distribution channels and driving RevPAR in the hotel space. Thanks, Jenny. So it sounds like the, the answer is the industry itself. Uh, Mike, what, what's your point of view? Who's going to have the biggest challenge in front of them in 2018? Well, I, I had a tie actually in my mind as for the challenges in 2019, one of which we've kind of seen over the last five, six years is the rental car industry. Now, if you look at a ranking of all of our service industries at J.D. Power, you'll see that the highest ranking as far as overall satisfaction, the highest uh, score on the 1,000-point scale is in the rental car uh, uh, category. I believe hotel is just one point behind it. Um, but basically because the price has been driven down systematically for, oh, at least a decade now, uh, first because of competition um, uh, for rent in the rental car market, consolidation of the rental car market, uh, amongst three major suppliers, the three major holding companies. And in the last six, seven years, it's been the pressures from Uber and Lyft. And they're going to have to shift their business model dramatically. It's sort of like, uh, you know, when uh, coal-powered air, uh, coal-powered uh, ships came to, to uh, into existence, what they did to the wind-powered ships. Now, that may be a little bit, uh, I don't want to say that uh, rail cars are like, well, you know, old sailing ships or uh, the Cuddy Sark or anything like that. That's, some, that's sort of the transformation that's coming. So those rental car companies can think of themselves as a transportation company. How do people get from point A to point B in the least uh, troublesome uh, uh, method that allows them to make a profit? That's really kind of their mindset. They, they have to drop the marketing myopia. That they you know, operate a fleet of rental cars, and you get to choose among their rental cars and drive one off for a day or two. What's high in that – that's – 2019 challenge uh, tied, I think, with what's going to be happening on airports with parking lots for the very same reason, that they're facing different kinds of competition than they've had in the past. Again, this is from Uber and Lyft. As we mentioned, I believe, in the last podcast, you know, if you're going to go to the airport, at least in a major metropolitan area, and you're going to park at the airport for four or five days, uh, you're approaching the payback, the same kind of cost you would associate with taking an Uber or a Lyft to the airport and back, and you wouldn't have the hassle of, you know, taking the ticket out and putting it in the machine and putting your credit card in there and waiting 20 seconds for perhaps the uh, the receipt to spit out. Um, so th those two tied as I think what are going to be the biggest challenges, uh, the companies, are, uh, the divisions are going to have the biggest challenge. Uh, challenges. Those are the rental cars with their, with their continuing issues about how their marketplace is changing and then what disruptors are going to do to the airport parking lot uh, which is generally, in some cases, the biggest revenue generator on the airport, including food, beverage, and retail, and including aircraft fees. Okay, thanks, Mike. So last question, uh, what's going to be the biggest story for 2019? And, and we'll record this and play this back a year from now. Uh, so we heard from Jenny. Jenny Jenny's uh, hypothesis is that uh, the threat that Google and Amazon poses to the uh, the industry itself will be the biggest story in 19. Uh, Mike, what's what's your point of view? What, what's going what's going to be the, um, the the big story for nineteen? The uh, biggest story I think for twenty nineteen will be the rise of free Wi Fi wherever you go. Um, the, just the sheer um, uh, draw of being able to uh, seamlessly integrate people's wireless connectivity across the travel ribbon is going to be a, is a major force 
And I think it's going to bust loose in 2019. We've already seen that Delta is offering some free in-flight Wi-Fi. And I believe that's going to roll to most of the industry in 2019. It already has in the airport space. But you're going to be handed off, I believe, starting in 2019 in certain airports, uh, who will rename nameless at this moment, um, that you'll be able to, you know, you won't even need to log on. You'll just need to walk into the building, and you'll always be logged on until your aircraft takes off and the uh, flight attendant tells you to shut down your your laptop. Well, that, that's uh, that's a great way to wrap it up. So, Mike and Jenny, uh, thanks for joining us today. You're quite welcome. And to learn more about the J.D. Power travel practice, please visit us on the web at jdpower.com business. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening uh, today, and we'll see you next year.